Welcome to What's Next, the podcast that delves into the exhilarating world of nonlinear careers and the art of successful pivots. Join your host, Tamira Lechner, as she explores the diverse pathways of entrepreneurial spirits who thrive while working and playing across multiple disciplines. Whether you're firmly established in your career, contemplating a change, or simply seeking inspiration, these conversations with fascinating people will ignite your curiosity and inform your own journey. Tune in to discover how mindset and action plus your own secret sauce can lead to extraordinary personal and professional growth, no matter where life takes you. Welcome to What's Next, my podcast that delves into the exhilarating world of nonlinear careers and the art of the successful pivot. I'm Tamara Lechner, your host and fellow nonlinear pather. I am doing another special episode this week before guests return next episode because I've had a lot of questions, people asking me, how do I know when it's time to pivot? So I thought I would reflect back on my story and how that happened for me and share some of what science tells us about the when of pivoting. My first pivot came quite a few years ago when I had successfully run a dance studio for about 15 years and it was wonderful. Running a dance studio, you're surrounded by young, energetic, creative humans working hard towards a shared goal. It's a place where you are energized and I remember no matter what was going on in my personal life and I had a lot go on during those 15 years, uh, babies, marriage, divorce, uh, surgeries, tons of things, diagnosis of my daughter's autism. And again, none of those are work things and none of them are related to why I pivoted. But I guess the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I was in a role that allowed me to show up and do great work while I had a pretty challenging life going on. And that is one thing I deeply value in the work that I do. Am I given space to be all aspects of me in this job? So I ran a dance studio. And what did this look like? I was both involved with the business side, uh, everything from registering the students, planning how our class schedules would go, hiring the staff of amazing humans that helped me to teach these dancers. Uh, we did lots of performances that I had to organize. We would go to training conventions. I wore a lot of hats and I love that. I am a multi-potentialate. If you don't know that word, look it up. It's uh, pretty cool and I imagine I'm not the only one. There's a great website, puttylike, P-U-T-T-Y-like.com that talks all about this concept. Anyways, dance was a space where I could thrive. And so many times I found myself saying, I just can't believe this is my job. I get to show up and put on music and put on costumes and play. And as these 15 years progressed, I started to have this deep longing to do something that didn't involve only my physical body. And of course, dance is not only your physical body, but I wasn't planning business strategy that was changing. So I definitely had towed into how to develop an organization, create a culture, onboard, train. So I was learning how to run a business, but I had this, I guess, growing desire 
to not be in a career that relied on my body. And I'm catching myself, one of my own personal rules is move towards something, not away from something. And yet at this stage of my life, I was absolutely moving away from being in a career that I felt long-term was not sustainable for my physical body, for my physical health. And there was this other side of me, this academic side that I wasn't allowing to grow. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And so I had these two competing things. I loved the work I was doing. I was partnered with my mom. Working with my mom was fun. And I kind of felt like I was baking the same recipe every year again and again. And yeah, it was fun to bake a recipe and the humans were wonderful, but I wanted more. So first pivot really came from a personal longing to do more. Next pivot, I was working for the Institute for Positive Education out of Australia. This is a group who had a mission to place well-being at the heart of education. What does that mean exactly? It means we wanted the educators to help students learn the skills to be happier and more productive humans first and academics second. Why? Because we know that when that is the order of operations, everything just works out better. I found out about this team and this was one of those times where I just knew I had to be a part of it. I knew so much that I booked myself a ticket to Australia to attend a training with this group and told them when I was there, I want to do something to bring this to Canadian schools, to North American schools. And I went again and met the leader of the group at a conference in Texas and we talked and they ended up hiring me to be their North American regional manager. This was, again, it was an exciting role. I loved it. And that group had a very strange organizational structure. They were a research institute that sat inside a K-12 boarding school. So my boss was the head of the institute, but my boss's boss was the head of a school. Now, heads of school don't know a lot about running global businesses. And when the current head of school left and a new head of school came in, the new head of school said, why do we have an institute? We are a K-12 boarding school. And they downsized. Our team went from, I think, about 25 people down to three. And I was one of the first to go. So that one was not a choice. Had I a magic wand, I would have stayed. I would have probably still been working with that group in some capacity today. Different kind of pivot. That one was by chance, not by choice. Next pivot for me, I had to find something. I went to what I knew, which was positive education. And the only group that I saw doing certifications for this in North America. So this was kind of an opt out solution. And it never worked well for me. I, again, loved the schools that I was working with. But the leaving point for this job was ultimately COVID, but I think I would have left anyways. And that was more about my ability to feel as though my work mattered to the humans that I was working with, which is a very small team. Uh, so certainly that pivot, COVID was a force out. And again, not a force, but it was a chance, not a choice. 
most recently, I have been following the learning and development. So the same type of work that the thread throughout my career has been, I want to help people to be their best and do their best and hopefully leave the world a little better than I found it. And so I pivoted this time from working in a school setting with teachers and students to working organizationally. And again, I have loved this pivot. Where I'm following this pivot is a a lot like when I joined the Institute of Positive Education. I'm following this because I can't not be a part of it. And the reason is the work that I do now is organizational to help humans and teams flourish, but I'm using AI to do this. And I could not imagine not being part of this next thing, this wave of AI, much like when I shifted to the Institute, this work is something I'm choosing because I can't not be a part of it. This is a wave I have to surf. So what does that tell you if you're sitting at a job thinking, do I stay or do I go? Here's some advice that I'm going to start with. Um, The first bit actually comes from a Psychology Today article that I really love because it talks about all of the different reasons why somebody might pivot. It's written by Christine Coral, and she really hits it on the head. It's titled Knowing When It's Time to Quit Your Job. And some of the things that I want to pull out for you are often when we're making the choice to stay or go, we're thinking in a pros and cons list kind of way, but we are often inaccurate narrators in our own lives. And what I mean when I say this, if I'm coaching a client and I love coaching clients for these types of decisions, and they're trying to decide, do I stay with this job or do I go to another? Am I going to keep working? Am I going to retire? Often they have an inaccurate scarcity mindset. I will hear somebody who says, I can't afford to change jobs. And financially, they really feel scarce. They really feel like if I don't have this regular paycheck coming in, I will be unsafe. And when I take them through some questions, tell me about that. What do you mean by that? get really specific. What is your financial situation like? So many times I have discovered that a client who feels like this is really dangerous for me, I don't have the money. They own their house. They have no mortgage. They have lots of savings in the bank. They are in a situation where actually they do have enough and they've just built this feeling that if I don't have this money coming in, something bad is going to happen. And when we go through some coaching questions, they're often able to decide, maybe I am okay. And it's, it's what I'm telling you here, what I'm inviting you to do is really accurately assess your situation. If you are in a situation where by leaving your current thing, you've only got one or two paychecks away from not being able to pay all your bills, I am going to say it is not the right time. It's maybe the right time to start planning, but it's not the right time to do. If that is not your financial situation, then there's some other things mentioned in this Psychology Today article that I want you to think about. The first one is, what's it like with your colleagues? Do you feel respected 
and appreciated. If you do, it's not always a reason to stay, but if you're not, it's certainly a potential reason to leave. Second one, are you being micromanaged? If you are feeling unhappy at work, it can be because of the way you're being managed. And this might mean that you don't need to change jobs. You might need to change teams inside of an organization. Next one, are you at a dead end as far as growth or improvement? And this kind of parrots back to my first story about my dance role. I loved it. It was wonderful, but I didn't see any room to grow in a way that I wanted to grow. Another question, are you being paid what you're worth? And again, I know this is highly, um, it's hard for us to ever feel like we're paid what we're worth, right? I'm awesome. I, I, I know what I'm worth and I've never been paid it. However, if you're comparing yourselves to other organizations, other people in similar jobs, and you're being paid below your pay grade for your region and your role, then you might want to consider moving. It's not the reason alone to move, but I think it, it could be a way for you to decide that you want to start looking. And then finally, we hear a lot about engagement. If you're not feeling engaged and you used to, it can be a sign from your gut that something is off. And I want to take a second and just talk about those gut sensations. Martha Beck, if you don't know Martha Beck, look her up. She is an incredible human and she talks a lot about our nature and our culture. So you could have a role where all of those things I just asked you about are in alignment. You've got a great group, you're paid really well, you like what you're doing, and yet you don't feel as engaged as you used to. It is okay to have the great job and still want something else because nature, our human nature, has us connected to this inner system that's kind of like your inner GPS that tells you if you're aligned with where your you should be. And when this is off, even if on paper everything looks right, you're going to know. And if you are experiencing regular questions or sensations that just tell you you're not in the right place, I really, really deeply encourage you to listen. This has been a mini episode about when it's time to pivot. Let's go over what we learned. There's no perfect time and nobody can tell you but you. It's important to have your financial ducks in a row, if at all possible. It's important to know where you're going, that you're moving towards something, not away from something. The signs that it's time to pivot are layered and layered and layered. And if you are receiving a lot of those signs from the team at work, your clients, or your own physical body, listen. You don't need to respond right away, but do listen. And at that point, if you still don't have something like I've had a couple of times in my life where I just can't not do this, you might want to hang out in the messy middle of the transition a little longer. Bruce Feiler is one of my favorite 
humans who talks about work transitions. And he divides it into three stages with the messy middle being where we actually spend the most time and where we are most uncomfortable as humans. So the good news is if you're there, you're not alone. There's a lot of humans in this messy middle waiting to figure out what's next. I hope this has helped a little bit to start clarifying. And I hope you'll join me next week when I am joined by another fascinating guest to hear about their nonlinear career and their successful pivot. Thanks for joining me. 